Sometimes Heroes, Season 2, Episode 44. My name is James, and I'll be your Game Master. Let's introduce our players. Hey, my name is Winter, and I will be playing the elf druid Sariel, who forgot to take the elastics off her braces. Oh no. Oh no. Alright. Hi, my name is Mark, and I play Gij, the human fighter paladin. Hi, my name is Molly, and I play Eden, the noble human sorceress slash wizard. Hi, my name is Alex, and I play Dupe, the dwarf fighter. Hello, I'm Amanda, and I play Glenna, the dwarven bard. And again, Eric will not be joining us. Last time on Sometimes Heroes, you found yourself below the Unbreakable Temple after a short scuffle with some Palidans and some limb removal. Good times. You Look, they were already dead. It's it's Except and, for one. Well, you know what? It was his own fault. He was just, I don't know. We didn't take the limbs off the not dead one. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? He just fell down the steps and broke his neck. I think we're the baddies. <laughs> we're the baddies. Once again, it's sometimes heroes, not always heroes. Oh, no. Work your way back towards good. Uh, anyway, you found yourself below the Unbreakable Temple in this long extended cave that opened up into the top of this giant cavern with lava at the bottom. Between you and the lava on this uh, platform is a lattice of obsidian bars, for lack of a better word. And as you guys looked above you, you found a uh, mythic tale of the origin of Grumsh. And below you, you see a building-sized dragon asleep in the lava, half-submerged. Oh. This is alive. Oh, I thought he was in a cage of sorts, dragon. That lattice work is... Yeah. In the myth, he was caged. This uh, this entity that Grimsh fought was caged. And below you, you see a latticework of obsidian stone that appears to be uh, attached to this unbreakable temple. So let me see if I understand. We're under the temple, which is on top of a volcano. And in the belly of this volcano is a dragon. But the support beams of this platform are made of obsidian or something and there's a lot of them under it so it's sort of like a cage is that correct this platform is basically like the very uh if you think of like a bird cage that slopes down from a, mm -hmm. a, a dome mm -hmm. uh you are at the very peak of it okay well then and just i mean it's been a while since we played can you give me the tldr version of the myth that us told us oh uh basically bad orc king of all sort of a Gilgamesh and, and Andiku? Does anybody know what the other character in that myth is called? No, I'm not familiar with it. Indiku? I don't know how to pronounce it. Let's go with that. Yeah, Gilgamesh and Indiku, whatever. I know some, someone's going to at me after this. Yeah, li listeners at James and tell No, don't. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, listeners but... at, at Sometimes Heroes on Twitter and tell us we're uneducated idiots. <laughs> yes. So, bad first king of the orcs, super bloodlust, vicious, bad for his own people, but the strongest one, so he was the leader, got tricked, in quotes, by their trickster person mm -hmm. into wrestling the earth, thinking that, like, there's no way he could wrestle the earth, but then he did, and he won, but he lost his eye in the process, but he wasn't able to kill the earth, he was only able to, like, cage it. And then after that, he basically performed a deed so great that he became a god. And now he watches them, always wanting them to bend to his will. Uh, and that is the Eye of Grumsh. Okay. Who was the trickster god? Was it Enkidu? Uh, no. Uh, Gilgamesh was, in in that story, he's like the first king and he's kind of well, a bad me, dude. 
Let me pose. Let me pose this question. Did Us tell us the name of this trickster god? No, she did not. He doesn't have a okay. name. The word basically translates to a fool who thinks he's wise. Gotcha. And I believe last we left off, I or multiple people have peeked over the edge and saw this big old dragon. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, there's a dragon. Oh man. Yep, mm. that that's a dragon, all right. It's uh big and scaly and frightening. Yeah. Galena clutches to Eden and says, "Are you related to him?" Only spiritually. Okay. Wait, but you, you can you can talk to dragons now. I don't know if I want to. I'm honestly kind of scared. Yeah. But I mean, that's usually what we do is we try to talk to things before we begrudgingly have to kill it. And this time we can talk to a dragon. May or may not succeed. Before we do that, though, we all felt slash saw a thing go into our arm after we reached into the grips under the statue. Right, James? Yep. And in addition to that... You wait, wait, heard... in addition to that, what, what is this? Why are you adding more horrible body horror to this? No, no body horror. You heard a voice in your head as that happened. And it basically, I forget exactly the words were, but it was something along the lines of all that you see below, you will keep a secret or we will take what you have offered. Oh, was that in the original episode or did you add that in later? Uh, it was in the original episode. It was. Oh, okay. So at that, Gigi's going to crouch down because now he feels very nervous about how high up they are and that there's a dragon. And then he'll say, um, Eden, Sariel, Galena, do you know how to get that thing out of our arm? I mean, uh... I don't I don't intend to tell anyone about this, but I don't like the idea that there's more rocks in my body. <laughs> also, welcome to the club. There's rocks in your body. <laughs> Can I roll medicine? What are you trying to find out? How do I surgery this out of our arms? Oh, sure. Yeah, roll medicine as you, because it's hard to inspect your own arm, so someone else would have to offer theirs. I'll look at Geeches. And okay. I rolled a 21, because Galena is awesome and cool. You think, as you are sort of inspecting this, you see a black spot through the skin as you inspect around kind of where Geech feels like it is, and... As you are looking at it, you're like, yeah, I could probably cut this out without too much damage. And then it moves. Ew. And Gige, it doesn't hurt, but it feels uncomfortable as it wiggles through your arm. It's like it's swimming. Mm, it feels wrong. Galena has a really big frown on her face. For those of us more versed in magic, you want to think on this? I mean, once again, we're probably safe as long as we don't talk about it, but I really don't like the idea that there's some divine holy macabre thing that wants to tear off our arms assuming sariel uh sees this she would probably do exactly what i just did which is a uh, dry wretch like a cat <laughs> <laughs> oost seems to be inspecting her arm where there's a little black spot and just like pats it and it's like i could lose an arm oh no so do any of you want to think about this if you know anything about this sariel is is trying trying to decide how she should try to figure this out like should she think about stories or should she think about magic you know i could just throw some stuff at it and by stuff i mean magic and we can just throw stuff at the wall at the metaphorical wall and uh, see what sticks i mean maybe we just chop the whole thing off yeah beat it to it you know that's all i'm saying is can you guys please think back on your education we don't need to cut off Are, limbs. Could, we, could this be a uh, knowledge roll or an arcana roll? I mean, we didn't get into fighting and lose. No one has to chop off our arms. It would probably be one of the three rolls, arcana, nature, or religion. 
you Arcana can roll whichever one you think would be the most appropriate. Wow. It's one of those nights, is it? Oh. Eden critically failed in her Arcana roll. So it looks like her previous response is actually completely appropriate. She's going to say, you know, I really think our only solution here is to chop your arm off. I don't think there is any other way around this. Before it gets too bad, I'm going to take somewhat of a hard move. And Eden, you are basically going to try to burn it out of you. Kind of by instinct and you think it'll work. You just start channeling electricity through yourself. Shocking grasping yourself to see if you can make it go unfunctional. Ow! And... You, you know, that's take... how I died in my last life. <laughs> oh no, that's not how this works. No, it's fine, James. It seems like it's working for a second. It seems to be vibrating, but it makes one circle in your arm. Your arm starts to bleed, and you can see that there's a half an inch deep cut in a circle right where your arm was in the hole. Ooh. Ow. And you take 24 damage. <laughs> Holy crap, James, jeez. Um... So it's safe to say that doesn't work. Uh, Sario will drop a heal on Eden. Oh, thank you. Let's let's not go into the dragon fight already injured. I mean, yeah, for all we know, maybe the dragon is on the same side of this thing. That wants to, I mean, all, like, how do we know they're not tied together with magic? And then we go to fight it, and the dragon, like, sneezes at us, and then our arms fall off. Because they're on this, I don't know. Okay. <sighs> Can I try patching up Eden's arm? Absolutely. You can medicine check her. Got a 12. Yeah, between the two of you, uh, you've gotten Eden basically back up to full. Hooray! How close to full? 26. So all the way back up to full, I think. Almost. Currently at 69 out of 70. So that's good enough for me. Ah, so just so so you guys have a better image of this place. You are about 150 feet above a truly massive lake of lava with some little islands of, you know, not molten magma. The dragon you can see is far away, so it looks kind of small. It looks about the same size as the one you fought before, but it, mm. if you were to be close to it, it would be two size categories bigger. Well then, I was not expecting a dragon down here. Like, is this the thing that we know they were getting a bunch of residuum, they were going to use it for something, your brother was going to use this volcano, right Eden? Do they need to kill this dragon with the residuum or what? I don't, I don't quite understand. I have no idea. I'm just as puzzled as you are. Dupe, do you know anything about dragons? And I want to say Yish is going to reflect on, you know, I guess dragons. Well, no, I mean, I've done that one before, but I guess hmm, I'll let Dupe go and then I'll figure out something. Um, I killed a dragon once. <laughs> do you want to try to roll a history and see what Dupe knows about dragons? Sure. Give me one sec. And I'm totally not opening up my Yish notes so I can see what it was Yish was thinking the grand plan was wow dupe rolled the two in history <laughs> it's not a critical fail you killed one once <laughs> they die i know that yep it's possible to kill them i'm gonna go kill it be right back no i think we should try to befriend it no no get back here when we try to befriend things they bite my butt mm. oh, that is a callback to yeah. the very first D game we ever played I, yep. yeah <laughs> i i just also kind of Made a dirty joke in my head about it. Hey, oh, no. pretty dwarven lady, you want to try to d- befriend me? Hmm? Dwarf floor plays weird. Right? <laughs> anyway, okay, so your brother wants to trigger this volcano, right, Eden? Allegedly. 
and we know this dragon is in it, and but he wants to protect the town. So, and Glenna, you said a bunch of people were trying to buy residuum. Did, is that tied to this? It's tied to this, isn't it? I mean, I it was so. it was hobgoblins, so I'm pretty sure it is. This is the part where I'm saying, does anyone know of any other NPCs who were interested in buying a residuum? There was a pretty boy bard who apparently was. This is, I'm, I'm trying to accuse someone to bring that up. Was did I know that? I think Eden knew that. Oh. Oh, sorry. What did I know? Apparently, there was a blonde bard-looking fellow who was trying to buy up a bunch of residuum. Is this correct, James? Uh, yes, it was. Both. When the f was that? <laughs> In your solo episode. Oh. Okay. Uh, it was the uh, hot boy who you, you who you turned your nose up at. Mm, the hot boy. Hmm. Yeah, the hot boy who was waggling his eyebrows at you, but then you were like, I don't care about that. <laughs> and then he got huffy about it. I mean, yeah, I still don't really remember that, but you know, it's me. I can't even remember what I had for lunch today. So, um, well, I do recall. How, okay, so in game time, about how long ago would this have been? Not very long, right? You first saw him a, a little less than a month ago, but you have seen him since. And in the game, you're like, every time this guy tries to like make a move, I'm just going to shut him down. Like Since then, it's probably happened like four or five times over the month. Okay. Well, now that you mention it, there has been this uh, interesting, slightly obnoxious character, this blonde pretty boy, let's just say, who I know is trying to buy residuum in bulk, let's just say. Did you just say blonde pretty boy? This attack is super effective. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a name? Uh, I don't think I ever learned his name. You did. He... I just oh, what? Um, Bob. <laughs> no, it's right there. It's right there on screen. <laughs> Looking real funny. He's Bob now. <laughs> can you not? Can you not see it? It's a uh, actor oh, skull. Oh, I see it. See it. Uh, I re yeah. I well, he'll be Bob in my heart. No. His name is Hex Scald. You just artifacted when you said that. Did anyone else hear that? Yeah, same. I just, I, just, Hex I just assumed his name was Hex Scald. I'm like, okay. Heck and Scald. His name is Hector Scald. Huh. Does anyone know that name? James, off the top of our heads, do we know that name? Galena is the one who pointed him out to you. The dwarves told you he was buying. And that's how Eden came to know this. The Bitterbrand family the, told me. He's a cute the patootie. <laughs> the Bitterbrand family told me that he was trying to buy the, uh, the residuum, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and he was a, like a go-between for like a richer people? He was pretty rich himself. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so Hector Scald, he wanted to buy up a whole bunch of residuum, and some friends that I made that I traveled with told me this. So he's buying this for himself, or is he working for someone? It seemed like people were stocking up for something. Well, once again, you two are educated, but I know residuum has a lot of uses. Either of you want to make a guess on what the heck they would be doing with that? If they were buying a bunch of swords, this would be my domain. I could totally figure this out. But it's residuum. What else do I know about residuum? I know that I, I've got to have a pretty decent knowledge of its properties. Uh, yeah, basically off the top of your head, you know that residuum can be used to enhance magic and to imbue magic into regular things. It is basically solidified magic. But at its very most crude function, it blows up. Right. Now, the way I understood it, at least as far as Quinn goes, he wanted to use it like an explosive. But of course, that's not its only use. You can think of it almost as magic in solid form. So 
you can essentially use it to take non-magical things and make them magical. But it also just makes things explode. Okay. Hmm. So I guess the Avsol are trying to buy a bunch of residuum so they can blow up this volcano and destroy the temple, but then protect the town and use the volcano to protect the town with a moat? It didn't make any sense to me either. All right. Well, I don't see a whole lot in this room other than that mural he points up, that dragon he points down, and all that lava. Anyone else got ideas? Because the best I've got now is we try talking to the dragon. Well, yes, I could try talking to him slash her slash it, but uh, you might want to be prepared to make a run for it should things turn sour, because I honestly have no idea how this is going to go. Well, let's just hold off for one more moment. Let's everyone take a look around. Should we just roll investigations, James? What are you looking at to investigate it? Well, I mean, what else is in this big volcano area besides the mural, the dragon, and this lattice work of obsidian cage? Oh, you rolled some pretty good perceptions, which allowed you to notice that this one particularly large island was not an island, was in fact a dragon, half submerged. Right. What I'm saying is there anything else in here? Not that you can see. I want to say Gij has been laying prone on the ground because he's up so high it's made him nervous. Fair. So he, so he just rolls over onto his back and then is looking at everyone. He's like, I d I'm struggling to figure out why people were so keen to get down here. Well, they weren't keen to get down here until you told them about it. You were the one that was keen to get down here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was you and we were just following your lead. But didn't those guys totally want to kill the dragon? Or, I mean, I'm pretty sure they want to kill the dragon. They want to come down here. You will recall that they didn't know what was down here. You're like, hey, there's some spooky stuff under this, this temple. And they're like, ah, oh, it's an evil temple. We should go kill this, whatever is under here. They didn't know what was under here. Just to be clear, visually, is Gij laying on his back, just belly up? I think so. Yeah, basically he's doing what, what Venom Snake does when you go from prone to back. That's really huh, specific. Just a box. That would, not exactly, but anyway, it's very specific and that would really mean anything. I can't believe you don't understand that reference. I do. I do get the reference. I do get the <laughs> reference. Because Gee seems distressed and is on his back, showing his belly, Sariel is going to instinctively kneel and give him tummy pats. What? What do you do? What? Gee is confused. What is this? I don't, what? No, it's fine. It's you're how you okay. calm animals. Gee seems what distressed. You, you're going to shut up and you're going to like it. <laughs> I, look, I don't... Maybe this is a druid thing, or maybe this works for elves. I don't I don't know if it's a druid or, or an elf thing. Galena brings out, like, a snack and offers it to him. Oh, God, I'm confused. <laughs> out of character. Right. I'm as, both as confused in character and out of character. As the confusion intensifies, but didn't, belly rubs intensify. James, didn't, they, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't those, knights, those knights say that they had business af in the temple after we left? Yeah, they were going to do a ritual. Your insight, when you were inciting this guy... And you told him that there's something underneath the temple. He clearly gave away that he didn't know. Oh. Whatever the ritual was did not pertain to this place. Well, shoot. I understood it as the ritual was under there and that he was trying to beat us to this dragon. That's how I read it the first time. Okay. Well, Gij is alarmed because he's being given belly rubs and snacks. Um, <laughs> and then like fusses their hands away and then crawls away because it's, it's unnerved him. And then stands up. He says, okay, I don't. You got any ideas, Oost? I mean, you're a follower of Grumsh, aren't you? I'm a follower of the way, the five pillars. Is that related to Grumsh? In so much that it is related to everything. Well, uh, what do the pillars say about this place? The pillars say that whatever is down there, whatever is caged, is truly the earth as it was. 
I kind of feel like that thing might be my friend. I have earth in my head. Guys, I think we need to talk to this dragon. You should go talk to it. I mean, I can't talk dragon. Well, maybe you can, and then you just don't know it. Is there any way to descend from this platform, James? Some of these obsidian latticework outcroppings are wide enough for you to stand on, but they do look kind of slippery. Oh, God, this is terrible. Glassy, so they don't seem like it would be the, the easiest thing to stand on. And you could get to one of the far walls from one of them, but then at that point you'd have to climb down maybe 50 to 100 feet, depending on which one you go down. All right, guys, we need ideas because I was pretty much working on a hunch when I came down here and I'm like done. I feel like this is one of those moments where something's really obvious and James is just like getting really frustrated at us right now. It's been a while since you guys played. I'm not that annoyed. I'm just kind of annoyed. Yeah, like we You're had... just at, at your your standard level of, of constant annoyance. <laughs> okay, Galena splashes some water onto some lava. Galena, no. James, James is that teacher that like gets all the tests after he's very carefully prepped everyone and just grades them while muttering they're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... You take your decanter of endless water and pour it over the edge. I, I like water shape like a small handful of water and just like drop it onto some lava because I don't know. I'm bored. I'm okay. confused. So however long it takes for 150 feet of drop a, you know, you see a little like down there and a little black spot appears and then turns red again. Mm. I try to water. Do you want to try to throw it at the dragon? No. <laughs> I tried to water shape the lava. Uh, it doesn't work. Also, Damn. it's too far away. Poop. That would have been cool. It would have been cool. All right, Duke. You got any ideas? My idea is to kill it before it wakes up. Yeah, you're a mercenary. And I say that with the utmost respect, I think. Kill the dragon once. I can probably do it again. I think you're letting it get to your head a little bit there, my my friend. So, Dupe, when the dragon you killed was similar in size if a little bit smaller than the one they fought before but then again you never saw that one but this one down there is easily three times the size that doesn't mean i can't kill it that's true okay it's really big. also it's sleepy who knows maybe it won't wake up you can just chip okay. chop we've got one vote for kill dragon i guess i vote for talk to dragon yeah i, I think it would be better to have a dragon friend on our side than a dragon foe and plus like once we start attacking it it's, it's going to take a lot to kill it. It'll wake up and it'll kill us. We might as well try talking to it first. Ust, Dariel, Eden, what do you think? Sure, sounds good to me. I should caution you, Eden, that as the only one of us who can fly and talk to dragons, you will be the one talking to the dragon. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that out like <laughs> half an hour ago. I mean, if I've survived this long after all the crap that's happened you know uh what's one more dangerous expedition okay so that's two to talk to dragons actually no glenna you also want to talk to dragon right yes okay i think that's three to talk to dragon mostly like what what are we doing down here again <laughs> kind of just want to leave honestly like oh, i don't man. want it's okay glenna i've been asking myself the same question since we started talking about this i i'm sorry uh, if I'm i making... also don't remember what we're doing down here i'm sorry it if I'm feels this like drag. it's been weeks since we came down here <laughs> no. all right eden i guess just go say hi to it see if it's okay if it has a name all right let's uh let's uh let's fly i, ooh, I haven't used that in a while <laughs> i'm okay. gonna fly down one Real second quick, out of character james mm -hmm. 
Does know your enemy work on dragons? It's hard to know your enemy when they're asleep. They have to be in activity. Ooh, okay. But as you're thinking about this, trying to size up this dragon as it's sleeping, Boost puts her hand on your shoulder and looks at you like you and me. We know we both want to fight this dragon. Oh yeah, we got this. But Eden, you cast fly on yourself? Sure do. All right, Eden, uh, a light whirlwind breeze appears in the room, and Eden gently lifts up off the ground and does that cool, like, power hover. Woo. Um, I'm, I'm going to say he quickly puts his hand on Eden's arm and says, if it starts to look bad, fly yourself back up here, and we're booking it. Because even though he looks over at Ustin Dupe, even though some of us think we can do this, I don't want to do this. I don't want to fight it. You are the entire reason we came down here in this place. I'm just joking. I don't actually say that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. And yes, I do plan on booking it if things go even slightly wrong because I don't feel like dying today. Fair. All right, let's do this. Okay, so Eden, you begin to fly down as you pass through the lattice work, which has like, to you, huge gaps. But as you're flying down and getting closer to this dragon, you're like, eh, it may be huge to me a human-sized creature, but this thing very clearly could not fit through these. And then James turned into a Frankie for like one second. Wait, what? You said human. Huh? Sorry, just continue. Human. Yes. It's a Star Trek Frankie. Yes. I've been watching that again. So as you fly down, you get to the point where you're maybe 50 feet above this creature. Now looks like a, you know, 20-foot island out of this lava. Out I of this immediately magma. regret this decision. <laughs> it's also maybe... 80 feet long, even though it's kind of curled up. Do you want to go to where you think its head is, or do you want to go over to its tail? Like, where are you head? Uh, may as well head over to the, the talky part, the head. Okay. <laughs> the part with the mouth. <laughs> like that you had to specify. Good. You start meandering over there. I want you to make a wisdom save. Hoo boy! Eden ruled a 13 on her wisdom save. You're getting closer, and you're starting to get... Just like you said, this feels like a bad idea, and... You're getting closer to the face, and you realize that this face is, you know, a good, like, royal dining room size mouth in it, probably. And as you get closer, the lip twitches, and you are overcome with supernatural terror. And oh no, you lose the sense of time. You just are a ball of panic inside yourself. And the rest of you see Eden just scream and fly back up to you and she's halfway down the tunnel before she comes to and you realize that you're okay oh f f f f but you're still That's floating what? in a tunnel looking looking cool it was also super hot down what there. she immediately flew back up and into the tunnel where the exit is so there was heat just emanating from the dragon itself basically as you went through the lattice work you got a huge blast of hot air because you were above lava ah yeah, that'll do it. Well then, I take it didn't work out so good? No, I just really feeling that this is not something we should be doing. And I really need to trust my gut on this one. Say no more. I guess we're getting out of here. I guess we start to go the way we came, James. Those who disagreed with this idea, does anybody want to like throw a rock as you leave? Probs not. <laughs> uh, I do probably want to do that. Why are we like this? <laughs> can can we just can we just dispose of all the bodies we mutilated in the lava now? That's a thing you could do. They disappeared. Who knows what happened? It's just a room full of blood now. Wait, we we're we're topside now and they're disappeared? No, I was just saying, do you want to go grab the bodies and throw them in the lava? No. 
It's not a bad idea. I don't think it's ethical. I think it's a little too late to bring ethics into this. I'm saying it's less ethical than the chopping off the limbs. Let's not get into that again. I feel like um, it's more ethical than the chopping off the limbs. Agreed. Why? Oh, my God. Okay, I, I clearly don't know what ethics are. Uh, so, Keisha will be like, all right. I mean, if you think so, all right, we'll just let's go get these bodies, I guess, and dump them in the God Saloon's probably going to get rid of me. Saloon's going to get rid of me so soon. No. Um, <laughs> you just imagine Saloon just sitting, just like bathed in moonlight, just shaking her head sadly. Like that <laughs> one. That one over there. <laughs> that is the problem, child. So as you guys are going down this hallway, you notice after like you're 10, 20 feet away that Oost is standing on the edge of the platform, longingly looking down at this dragon and sort of clenching and unclenching her fists. Oost, get over here. We're disposing of bodies. So Oost, we doing this? Are you still there with her? Yeah. (laughs) And Dupe's there too. She says to you, maybe we should wait until those that do not wish this fight to leave. All right. We can dispose of the bodies. Dupe and Oost go and help you collect the bodies, which when you pull them into the statue, they slide through with you as if the statue is ghostly to them as well. Hmm. Gosh, I guess I'm going to try and see final rights to these guys because I know she'd at least want me to do that. You got that over with last time. Oh, okay. It's what they would have wanted. They were headed down there to die anyway. We can just bury them in the You know lava. what? You know what, it's though? It's fine. B- before we dump them in the lava... That's not a good sentence. Before we dump, <laughs> before we dump, before we dump them in the lava, I'm gonna check their pockets to see if there's any. No. Like, what? No, not for loot. For important information. Sorry, like if they have. Sees him going to like check pockets. No, and no. Just I'm looking for information. I'm if looking I catch for you taking any loot, I will never let you hear the end no, of it. No, that's Dupe's job. I'm looking then, for information. <laughs> that's that. That was Saloon speaking through Eden just now. Yes. So. Looking for information is not a punishable offense. As you look through, you find holy symbols on Gaston's body. You find a letter on him. It seems like orders, basically, to return to the city from the field. It is signed by one Ares Lightholder, the Lord Seeker of the Searing Rose. He emphatically waves this piece of paper in the air. He's like, see, see, told you there was information. Getting all mad at me. I'm just trying to do proper investigation. Okay, I'll pocket that. Even though that's evidence that shows we killed him, I'll pocket that. No, everything's fine. Is there anything else, James? Uh, nope, not really. There's some change. They all have a purse with a little bit of cash in it. All right, dupe, it's all you. Go ahead and thieve things if you want. No, it's okay. See? I, th- I think they need it more than I do. Even mercenaries have a better sense of ethics than you. You don't rob the dead. At that, Gige <laughs> will quickly jot down what's in the note in his own notebook. And then place the letter from Ares Lightbringer back in Gaston's pocket. Light holder. Light holder, thank you. Okay. So the three bodies are on the edge of the platform, and this dragon beneath you is not directly beneath the platform, so you think if you push them off, they're not gonna like hit the dragon. Yes. <laughs> just just throw dismembered arms at the dragon. Oh yes, you have No you have two <laughs> Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> you no. have t- you have two bodies and uh they each have one arm attached and one arm just like laying on their chest. <laughs> you two don't really want to fight this dragon, do you? Hell yeah, I do. But, what, you, but why? No. It's asleep. Because then I can hang that over Moop's head that I'm better than him. I'm sure we'll get a chance to fight <laughs> this dragon later. Oost says, kind of offended, I would wake it up first. 
I just want to kill it. I don't care if it's awake or sleeping. I'm I'm sure we're gonna have to revisit this dragon anyway because people are stockpiling residuum, and it sounds like Quint's plan has something to do with this volcano. But if I kill this dragon, then I'm Dragon's Slayer, and Moop is just Dragon Slayer. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. That's that's the goal. I mean, wouldn't, <laughs> oh, it be, wouldn't it be Slayer of Dragons rather than Dragon's Slayer? Because then it sounds like you are, you know, you belong to the dragons, and you're their, you're one of theirs. I digress. <laughs> while, mind while everyone is having this conversation, Sariel is just like slowly pushing bodies off into lava. Yeah, I'm not stopping you, don't worry. <laughs> These ragdolls looking like I'm... Darth Maul falling down a pipe. Oh no. <laughs> uh, they unfortunately don't like blurp into the lava and disappear. They like slam into the lava like concrete and then burst into flame. Uh, oh boy. Clearly that's what they would have wanted. They're part of the Flaming Rose. It's true. Uh, you you do know ground. that they probably burn their dead. There you go. What did they you may say? not push them off buildings first, though. They should have taken the high ground. Ah, there <laughs> you terrible. Go. Okay. <laughs> so, Sariel, as you slowly just push these guys off with your foot, I assume, uh, and they fall and hit the lava. As the second one is mid-fall, there is a shaking of the room as nothing like falls like in movies where it's like, oh, little pebbles are falling from the ceiling kind of thing. The room just shakes. And it's very unsettling because you're on a platform really high up in the air. But as you look down, you see one big yellow eye open on the island now, sort of lazily looking around. Oh. Stop feeding the volcano. Stop feeding the volcano. Stop feeding the volcano. He smells barbecue. Stop feeding the volcano. What? Uh, <laughs> stop feeding the volcano. Is that what <laughs> uh, you said? Yes. Is I'm that not clear? Play a, a soothing lullaby. Yep. You are? Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm gonna roll performance, maybe. Uh, or... Tell me about this lullaby first. I. Uh... <laughs> it just seems right because <laughs> the dragon's waking up, and I want him to be calm or her. So Galena knows like 150 lullabies from dra- every culture force. and language that she knows. Even some languages she doesn't know, she knows like the tune too. Because they're sort of the, the the simplest music there is. Do you know any draconic music? Do I know any draconic music? Uh, Do I unfortunately, roll? you don't know any kobold uh, okay. lullabies. So far as you know, they don't have them. What about infernal? Because that seems like the next like language that dragons would speak. <laughs> I think dragons would find that very offensive. Mm, I won't say that out loud then. Are you um, saying dragons are akin to demons? Mm, I mean, they like fire. Demons like fire. Uh, this is a black dragon, madam, not a red dragon. Well, he's in lava. Fan- fantasy racism. <laughs> that fantasy racism, though. <laughs> okay. Any- All anyway. dragons breathe fire. Pfft, whatever. The DM has gotten very offended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so salty <laughs> on- for my dragon. On behalf of of this <laughs> imaginary dragon, um. <laughs> He must be a good dragon. We must, if James is getting all, all He's good right. I love him. Hmm. <laughs> his, his imaginary best friend pet dragon. <laughs> James and the dragon, two of a kind. That's the is lullaby, that the lullaby? I'll sing. Is, is That's the lullaby? <laughs> yep. That's, so that's are you just making up a lullaby? <laughs> yep, sure. Oh, he's just going to tap Eden and Sariel's shoulder and be like, we need to go. We need to go now. I know, that's what I've been trying to say. I, okay. I rolled a 22 in performance for Lullaby to to uh, appease Dragon. <laughs> okay. Um, Eden, you hear a voice 
that seems stretched out and strange and like it's reverberating through the ground rather than like heard with your ears say what is that noise and the rest of you oh, just no. hear a deafening roar oh boy i'll try wow. to reverberate back and say it's your imagination you're dreaming <laughs> go back to sleep we're all gonna wow. die here <laughs> tough crowd tonight so far as you heard it might just be really i pumped about this song <laughs> who knows and we just heard growling and then i assume eden started growling which is pretty absurd and probably takes the fearsomeness out of the situation or maybe it adds to it so eden mm. you're actually trying to communicate back by imitating the sound uh this is probably a really bad idea but yes eden scrapes one of her feet along the ground and then uh makes a guttural growl which sounds very un uneden like it shouldn't come from human vocal cords Ooh, that's a that's definitely a good thing that turns me on and you were saying <laughs> It's it's your imagination. Go to sleep. You're dreaming. Go back uh, to sleep. Make a <laughs> lie. A deception check. Okie dokie. I want to go now. You can start going whenever you want. He's just going now. Yep. It's <laughs> one of those nights. You're, we're all going to die. Everybody go. Oh, um, in case nobody figured it out by now, Eden critically failed her deception roll. Uh, so hey, we just uh, we just uh, murdered these guys and cut their arms off, and then we were like, oh, I'll just throw them in the volcano, and then we accidentally awoke the primordial force of nature, and then we immediately lied to it. And lied that's, badly. That's how tonight's going. I can't even think of what to do with this. Oh no. You should let us get away is what you should do. Okay, I, so... Can, can Sariel just grab Eden over her shoulder and f***ing book it? Uh, yes. Oh, I can fly. Actually, Eden may still be flying. <laughs> Well, she flew into the tunnel, Sorry, so she's... will turn into a bear, grab Eden's cloak in her bear teeth, and start to book it. Yes. I mean, it's not really necessary. You can do probably faster as an elf. Extra turned on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm uh, back. You hear for a moment, as you are being lifted from the ground, another roar happens. This one, I want you all to make con saves. Oh, no. Eden, as you are halfway floating, halfway being dragged by a bear, you hear this dragon say, You have defiled my prison and spoken falsehoods in my own tongue. For this gross impertinence, I will remember your name, little worm. You don't even know my name. <laughs> but Sorry, I'm <laughs> faster. But wait, no, okay, out of character, how on earth would he know my name assuming it's a he when it says your name it says a word that you understand is your true name the word that represents the essence that is eden oh well farting fuck. make a butt face which you know in magic terms is bad oh, it means they so can demonstrate bad. a degree of control over you even if oh. they are not where you are it is in an essence that he has the key to your soul Jeez, so freaking dramatic. Well, that's really bad. Yeah, we're never going to be able to come back here. <laughs> At least I'm I'm definitely never going to be able to come back here. So y'all are on your own. It's not the first time we've said that, leaving a place. Um, <laughs> I know. You just rolled a 20 for constitution save. We're looking for 18s or higher. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, sorry, I rolled a 2. Dupe? Dupe rolled an 11. Galena? Galena rolled an 18. Eden, what's your constitution save? Or does she not have to do one? Eden also, as well. Eden rolled nice. a 21 for her constitution save, which is the first good roll she's had tonight. 
So Dupe and Sariel are deafened. You are deafened until the next long rest. Oh no. You just have a bad case of the tinnitus. You are disadvantaged to all perception checks that may involve hearing. I don't need to hear to kill. That's true. But everyone else miraculously passed it. But you guys make it down the hall and up the stairs, and you find yourselves in the temple again. As you are looking around this temple, the altar of Grumsh that you guys previously went into begins to harden somewhat, like it stops being so gaseous as it was before. But against the wall between Cord and Bahamut, the wall begins to look a bit, little bit gaseous, like you could walk out into the alleyway behind this place. And the front door continues to pound, and you can hear shouts outside. I'm not going to argue with the gaseous wall. Should we take these two with us? What do you mean? Who, who are you referring to? Uh, the two soldiers that were fighting us earlier. Oh, why would we do that? So they're nowhere near the scene that they could then describe, and they would just look like they're crazy when they're not even in the room. Wait, are there two people alive? Did we manage not to kill literally everyone? Yes. You managed to keep the two people that you think are innocent alive. Oh, nice. We're only one a little bit the baddies. Yes. One of them needs medical assistance probably soon, and the other one is just like two concussions away from being a more brain-damaged person. Where would we bring them? Because Sariel definitely wouldn't want to leave injured people behind. We'll just leave them in an alley. We'll leave them in this alley. Okay. And the one that, that you said needs medical attention, James, it's pretty late at night, right? Yes, it's possibly the middle of the night now, because you were about two hours after sunset when you started this whole mess. Okay, I dropped a cure wounds on the wounded one. Okay, yeah, that's plenty. They, they will come to at some point in the evening and not be in great shape, but be alive. And we're just going to leave them in an alley so people think what those what are those drunkards doing. Okay, did Dupe and Oost follow us? I'm hoping they did. Oost followed you, yes. Dupe is deaf. <laughs> but are you following? Mm, I guess if Oost did. All right, then. I guess we hop through the gaseous wall to All the right. back alley of the temple. You appear on the other side of this wall. It's a sort of courtyard where there are some benches and stuff, but it seems like this building was pretty much freestanding and you were able to escape into a nearby alley without any problems and leave those two soldiers laying on top of each other, even though they still just look like soldiers who were just in a crazy fight. Um, they're, they're good, though, because yeah, I can they drop, are in, I can drop in no wheels. danger of dying. Is there any drink around? Like, did anyone leave any booze in an alley, in the alley? No. No one had that moment of, like, sobriety where they're like, I'm done drinking and left their halfway finished bottle of something. Oh, 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 um, Glenna, give me some of your, uh, your dwarven mead. Um, good luck with that. She no, does I'm not get gonna, it. I'm not going to drink any. He takes it, and then he just, like, whistles lightly and dumps some on their armor. He goes, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Now they look like they have spilled a bunch of alcohol and gotten into a crazy fight. We should light them on fire. <gasps> no! <laughs> no, we should not light them on fire. Oh, okay. okay. So, I guess... What, where are we staying, staying James? Is, what's, what's the Jade Dragon or the, what was it? It was the Golden Dragon. The Golden Dragon. All right, guys. I mean, I think... Wait, can you guys hear me? He just looks between Sariel and Dupe. What? I'm I think that's a no. Your ears are just ringing with tinnitus and his mouth is moving and you can kind of hear like maybe he's making sounds. Friend, I think that's a hard no. Gija's looking directly at the two of them, so he's so Sariel's able to see his lips. Yeah, Sariel can read his lips, and she does oh, that. Dang it. 
that like trying to speak quietly but unintentionally yelling because you can't hear yourself oh yeah yeah the stage yell i can't i can't hear anything okay he's about oh you got okay well i mean i don't need to shout you can still let's let's go but he speaks slower as if that helps let's go back to the golden dragon and then figure out what to do what Dario will just <laughs> grab his hand and just start. You can message him. Oh, e. Yeah. Uh, I hate that you guys have such a good way to get around this. <laughs> <laughs> can we mushroom? Mushroom. Oh, do we still uh, have the unfortunately, mushrooms? Unfortunately, the mushrooms are with Sten. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, that's okay. bullshit. <laughs> well, I mean, one of us reads lips and she can message. Yeah, Sario will message him. And just be like, we're, we're headed back to, to the sleep place. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. This so, is fine. So you guys make your way onto the main street a few alleyways down. You look a little worse for the wear, like you've all seen combat, but like you can see there's just a massive crowd outside this gate and they just can't get in. It's almost turned into like a festive event, but there's just a bunch of people who are like taking turns at this battering ram trying to get this door down. But it's door made of the unbreakable temple. It doesn't seem like it's budging. <laughs> Lol, it's, it's magically locked. You just locked this entire town out of their temple. Okay, somebody go casually ask these people what is going on. It can't be me. I know too many people. I feel like we shouldn't do that. Yeah, let's not return to the scene of the, the crime. Of the place where unhappy things happened. We didn't commit crimes. We're not bad guys. So do we want to return to the Golden Dragon or or do we or does someone want to go visit the the group at the door? I mean, I already made my suggestion. I'm sure someone in the town will find a way to get in and open it up. Like there's little windows, someone will figure it out. You actually catch some glances from the edge of the crowd, but most people are like you hear a somewhat sleepy sounding man be like, "Hey, come look at this. Somebody locked the unbreakable temple." But as this happens, a lithe feminine figure uh, steps out of the crowd, and you see Lori sort of jogging towards you. Oh, here we go. Maybe Lori will know what to do with the plot, because we don't know what to do. <laughs> Y'all terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying, James, but the story was divided into different plot lines, and I wasn't there for all of them, so I don't know exactly what's happening. But anyway. So she comes up to you, and once she sees you from up close, she's like, what the hell happened? You should get off the street. You'll look like you were just in a fight. Morian, can you look at our arms? She scrunches her eyebrows like, what? But then when you proffer an arm, she looks at it. Something's under your skin. What is it? <laughs> uh, she like rubs her thumb over it and it like stings when she does it. <laughs> uh, feels like a rock and it's probably sharp, but I don't see any. She's like looking around your arm. I don't see any entry wound. Is that always been mm -hmm. No, uh, okay, let's get somewhere. I would suggest we get somewhere a little more private. Yeah, let's talk just about it. Let's just return to the Golden Dragon. I think right. two of our uh, companions need to, I guess, rest their ears. <laughs> okay, everybody cool with that? Yes. E. What? Why are you <laughs> talking so soft? <laughs> so you guys head back to the Golden Dragon, and it seems like it's pretty much closed down. Like, the last stragglers are leaving. It's a little too early for it to be empty, but it seems like the people who were here were like, oh, something's going on down the street, and left. Nice. And as you step in, the room is empty except for the bartender, 
who looks hopefully over at you guys. Like, you might get some drinks. Dariel stage whisper orders uh, a stiff drink. He gives you a, of course, ma'am. And he starts pouring a beverage for you. As you are crossing the common room, Odette pops out of the door that goes to all the bedrooms, looks around for a second, gets a very serious look on her face, and starts marching straight towards Guige, signing frantically, basically oh. saying, five dead, murder that room. Oh, 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 Behind boy. Her. Oh, boy. And then uh, she like thinks about it for a second and then signs like quickly afterwards, not me. Um, Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> he will then, after Eden says that, he'll whisper, Thank you for not killing them. Who, who, who did it, though? I don't know. No, he's asking Odette. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she shrugs, but basically gives you, like, before you get to her, like, gives you, like, the follow me and turns around and goes back towards the rooms. Does anybody follow besides Geish? I'll follow. I'm assuming Sariel notices that they're they're going. Absolutely. You you get your stiff drink, but everybody's heading out of the room. Sariel will frantically message at Geish. Be, be careful how you say things. We don't know exactly what will trigger the things in our arms. Right, right. I mean, I can respond to this, so I'll just think that back in the message. Now that's been said, does Odette seem to be Odette, or does she seem different? Like, is is this someone pretending uh, to be Odette? Okay. That's how you do. Does this seem like Odette acting normal? I rolled an 18 in Insight. Uh, this seems like Odette was nervous that you might think that she murdered a whole bunch of folk and so very Aww. eager to get ahead of this got it <laughs> you know? got it does cider exist in this world james cider yeah absolutely Gij will flick a coin to Sariel, and in return of the message will say get me a cider and uh he will follow Odette. okay everyone who wants to go with put yourself in the hallway everyone who wants to stay you can stay and because she told me foul plays afoot, I would like to roll a perception to see if there's anything amiss. Uh, when you say amiss, where are you talking about? As you're walking towards this place? I'm at, as I enter the hallway. Yeah, go for it. Try to take in the hallway, see if anything's different. Rolled an 18 in perception. One thing's different. Connor is on a bench, asleep, hmm. with um, a bucket next to him with a bunch of vomit in it. It smells bad. Yes, because he and Odette were oh, yeah. Cecilia and Cecile Flonkerton. And someone oh. wanted to get everybody drunk. That and was Connor your... has low wisdom. Who? That's your... That was you. That was you, Glenda. You played that a music me. That sounds like I would do it. <laughs> that was me. Man, yeah, I was thinking, oh, geez, I hope that wasn't me. <laughs> uh, Who would do such a thing? I know. Nobody I know. Okay, so I take it. Dupe and Glenna have come with me. Oost is also coming with you. Okay. And Oost is back under her cloak. I'm a suspicious character disguise. I, and I, I'm guessing Sarl and Lorian are getting the drinks? Yeah, I want to say when Gige flicked a coin her way and Sarl realized that no one else was approaching the bar, she's traveled with these people long enough to know what they like to drink. Mm -hmm. So Sarl is just getting like a round of drinks for everybody and some like bread so they don't get too faced. <laughs> Good idea. And Eden, you're staying as well? Yes. Okay, so you guys march down the hall. Odette is just sort of like signing over her shoulder, you know, gestures at Connor. It's like, he's fine, just too much drink. And she marches up to the end of the hall where one of the double bed nice rooms is, where previously Sten was staying with mm -hmm. uh, his orc friends, Oost and Streetmeat. 
puts her hand on the door and then looks back, basically signs, it looks bad, but I didn't touch it. Well, since I'm going to be going to sleep sooner than later, hopefully, unless you drop a fight on us and then I can't go to sleep, I'm going to do detect evil and good. I mean, rather detect evil. Okay. Before I open the door. Can you uh, give me the text of that spell? For the duration, you know if there's any aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within 30 feet. Well, I mean, is this really helpful? As well as where the creature is located. Similarly, you know if there's a place or object within 30 feet of you that has been magically consecrated or desecrated. The spell can generate barriers, but if blocked by one foot of stone, inch, or common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Okay, so you know it would work through this wall. You know, I'm not going to use a spell. That's that's a bit of that's. I don't I don't think any of these uh, great dangers would be on the other side. So I'm just going to peer into the room. Okay, as you're opening the door, the door gets kind of stuck on something, and as you oh, push no. it. There is a dead body. Uh, its throat is slit. And oh. there is a dagger sitting next to it, as well as a blood-stained hand. And the dagger is not wet with blood, but like clearly had blood on it recently. Mm-hmm. As you open the room further, pushing this body out of the way, you find it illuminated, because it's dark, by a single lantern in the center of the floor. You see, including this one character, you see five collapsed, clearly dead figures in this room. All uh, humans from various outfits, various degrees of nicety of clothes and weaponry, but they all appear to be soldiers. Four with their throats slit, blood-stained knives and or swords in or near their hands. One has its chest caved in, and what must have been his short sword sticking out of what's left of his chest. Um... There is somewhat unnervingly not any blood on the ground, just uh, faint reddish-brown stains and streaks from each body towards the center of the room, where that lantern sits, illuminating the grisly scene around it. Do I recognize any of these people? Gij, you go from body to body, looking at their faces and their armor. Uh, You recognize one of them as a desert boar, dupe. As you peer in, you recognize that one of them is clearly a levy, just some dude in padded armor who looks like a farmer, basically. Two from the regular army, and one who looks like a a caravan guard almost. No identifying marks, but pretty nice armor. I want to say, if it's okay, James, because I rolled 18 in perception, I've been careful not to disturb the scene very much, other than the guy who was obviously against the door. You are stepping around where the bloodstains are and the like. And I see there is an object in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. What is that? It is a black iron lantern with a fire going on in it. It looks a little bit strange, overly fancy. Mm-hmm. And many lanterns have like an oil reserve and a wick. But as you look closer, it's just a fire inside. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to tiptoe back out of the room and then close the door. And I will ask Odette, how did you know this happened? Did you hear something? She basically signs, I looked in, saw what happened, and that no one was there. And also, I could have sworn I heard someone in there, but I didn't see anyone. It also smelled funny. Were these guys sent to kill Sten? I think I'm going to be investigating the dead bodies and, like, rolling medicine on what could have, like, happened, especially since there's no blood. Okay, you're going to CSI them? Yeah. Yeah, get it, girl. Didn't Uh, somebody at some point have a sword that drank blood? Mm. well she rolled a 24 medicine so if that's the case she'll know oh as you're looking around at these bodies you can tell that your now trained warrior adventurer skills and your previous medical skills put together you've got a good like murder csi sense and you can tell that the one guy who has a 
had his uh, chest crushed, like, was entering the room, got killed by someone taller than him, and then the other four also came in and slit their own throats. Looks like this guy's life came up. She puts on sunglasses. A little short. Oh, no. (laughs) 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 Anyway. She relays this information, but she's looking at the ones who slit their own throats, and it's just like, why? Why did they do this? Oh, I think the demon came back. Like, I know I'm not there, so I should probably shut up, but maybe you should have dropped that detect good and evil. Like the demon from Sten's sword? At mentioning that he thinks the demon came back, he will drop a detect evil. Okay, so you cast detect evil. You uh, hold up your holy symbol and utter a short prayer for Saloon to be a light in the darkness, and it illuminates, and you can tell that this room is consecrated. It is very clearly evil, and is very clearly consecrated to uh, Grumsh, a demon of slaughter. As you are looking around the room, and sort of just like given this innate sense of the area around you, you turn towards the bed, and the hilt of Sten's sword. It looks like it was thrown onto the bed, but like the sheets are all like crumpled up around it. And so it's like the hilt is up and the pommel, like you feel like it's watching you. Wait, but didn't the sword disappear when he stabbed himself? The blade did. He's been carrying around the pommel. The pommel is what? The bottom part of the handle? The handle. The handle itself. The handle and the cross guard basically. Yeah. So that's sitting there in the sheets watching us. Yeah, it's just a handle of a sword, but it does feel like it's watching you. It has the twin goats as its uh, actual pommel. I kind of want to blast it with Sacred Radiance, but I'm not going to do that. He's going to motion to Glenna and be like, let's get out of here. Before okay. before that, Dupe, what are you doing in here? Which guy is the levy? The one that looks like a poor sap. Okay. Did he slit his throat? Yep. Hmm. Uh... Uh, just a cursory glance at him, you realize that this guy shouldn't have a sword this nice. It's not its not like a super nice sword, but it's also like way above his pay grade. Ah. This guy should have like a hoe or a pitchfork. <laughs> I would relay that to Gij. Hmm. Must have been a spy. And I think they were sent here to kill Stone. Just because I know this room is filled with bad juju... They, they can ignore my, my suggestion, but I will suggest that we leave the room. And that, so that lantern, James, do I feel any, any evil magic or anything evil about that lantern? It's crazy evil, but something about the light around it seems fine, like neutral. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, I mean, the, my, my dwarven companions can choose to ignore my suggestion, but I'm going to say we should step out of the room just because I don't know if the evil energy in the room will affect us. And I'd prefer to get our educated companions in here to drop that mad knowledge on it. Okay. So you step out into the hallway. Oost pops her head in and casually asks where Sten is. Geesh can only offer a shrug. He doesn't know. She just nods. So you, you guys know? go. What's up? Galena says, you don't know? No. I do not see his body. Galena looks perturbed. I'm assuming you guys go gather up your uh, your pretty lady squad. Hang on. We're in the desert boars near the levees yeah and then there's also soldiers in here yep weren't they to the east uh there are all of these are humans no i mean like they're where they were defending the city wasn't the regular army like to the east and then Uh, the other people were to the west no the regular army 
the primary human forces are all to the west, and yeah. some of the better mercenaries and the Avzal army is to the east. Oh, the Avzal army is to the east. Okay. The desert boars and the levees are to the west, though, right? Mm-hmm. All these guys are to the west where the maiden sightings were? As you're thinking about this and looking at this uh, poor man's sword, you actually see, like, coming out of one of his pockets is a very bad, uh, like, needlepoint of the Bloody Maiden. Ah, it shit. looks like an angel with two strips of thread coming down from its eyes that are red. Did, did I tell everybody else about the maiden thing? Oh. No. Oh, I should probably share that. <laughs> um, I guess before Gij leaves the room... I would. I'm probably. I'm still deaf. Damn it! Talk really loud. <laughs> Just yelling. Hey, like yelling. I'm like, hey, uh, all these guys. Well, this guy's a desert boar. Gish will put his hands up as to be like, and he'll quickly pull his notebook out and hand it to to um to do. What, what am I supposed to do with this? He starts to make a writing writing gesture with his hand. Why, why can't I just tell you? Confused. You shouldn't be shouting I, I here. Just imagine, I just imagine he's yelling and can't hear anything. Yeah, you, he's you, I, I, I like to think Sariel and Eden oh, yeah. and Lorian can hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, he, <laughs> if you guys want to come at this yes, point, it'd be fine. Yeah, is going to be like, I can I can hear you from here. Hold hold on, I'll be right there. And I'll just, <laughs> I'll just use message to... Or can we do, we... do we have the conch? Would the conch work in this case? Oh, Yeah! I'm gonna hold the conch up to Dupe's ear. What does this do? Now only he can hear himself talk, and so I yep. hold it up to my ear, and then I pass it around. Okay, now you can all hear Dupe yelling. As the ladies come down the hall, Dupe's voice just, like, snaps off, and you see him just moving his mouth like he's yelling. Wait, why did we just do that? Well, now he can yell, and no one else can hear him. But now he Except can't for you guys. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna deafen myself with the conch. <laughs> I just want him to write down the thing so he's not shouting. <laughs> So, uh, Dupe tells everybody but Geish what's going on. I will, since, since I don't know if Dupe is secretly illiterate and he's trying to hide it, I will hand Sariel my notebook so she can write, st- so she can write down what's being said. So, Dupe, what, you were, what were you telling them? Oh, right. Okay, there's a desert boar guy here. There's a levy guy with a fancy sword for some reason. And there's some army guys. And all these groups, when Oost and I were out and about investigating stuff. These groups were all to the west, and they all reported seeing a, like, crazy bloody maiden thingy who, like, inspired them to fight harder. And this levy guy has, like, a really thing of it in his pocket. I guess that's supposed to be the maiden. I don't know if that might have something to do with this, because there's blood stuff. So really quick, who has, who conched up to hear... Dupe. Who made that choice? Right. Did anyone else use it besides Galena? All the NPCs, and I assume Sariel and Eden when they came. Me, I guess. I guess so. Okay, then. Can I say that I've ushered everyone out of the room because still bad vibes? Don't want anyone in there? Uh, sure. I, I assumed you guys were meeting in the hallway. Okay, then. Winter, is, is Sariel willing to take the notebook and write things as he speaks? Uh, yeah, Sariel can, can jot down. It just seems like really easy to convey information, so Sariel can do that. Okay, then Gij is going to keep his guard up because evil magics. Alright, so Dupe tells you that there's some uh, some shenanigans going on with these uh, army groups and some uh, Bloody Maiden type figure. 
but so far your your magic team hasn't quite observed the room yet. And I'm assuming, Gij, that you tell them about the uh, spoop factor. I'd like to say I communicated to them before they conched up. I mean, can I just say I did that? Sure. Sure, I'll do that, and then I'll take the notebook and start reading what Sariel wrote. But I'll tell them to be careful because I don't know. I know this thing is evil, but I don't know what exactly or how. Okay. So, Eden, Sariel, do you want to take a look at that scene and do your magic knowledge? Investigate it? Yee, I can see if I know anything about whatever arcane shenanigans might be going on with the lantern, I guess. Uh, sure. As you step into the room, it smells like blood, but not a ton. And it's a pretty grisly scene, all lit by this uh, nice little lantern in the center. Yes! Oh, snap. Sario rolled a 22 in Arcana, which is a critical success. As you were looking at this lantern, <laughs> uh, Sario, you... You look at the light it is casting, and it's stretched out and warped. You see that the window that this lantern has on two different sides, both of them are filled with iron filigree and don't have any glass on it or anything. It's just open. And you look at the light that's being cast from it, and you see an image super distorted and stretched out, but it is of a figure in chains. And as you're looking at it, the answer snaps into your mind. Oh, stands in the lantern. Sario looks at the drink like I've probably already had too much, and then takes another long swig. <laughs> in addition to that, this lantern is very clearly demonic in origin. Demon? It is not, in fact, a demon itself, but it was created by one. Baby demon. <laughs> <laughs> Technically correct? Also, I realized I didn't make this clear, but Sten's pack is still in the room. Ah. Galena will go through it. Mushroom box is found. While Sariel's taking in the room, I'm assuming she would also notice that the pommel is still present. Mm -hmm. uh, does Sariel get the impression that it's watching? Uh, with that crit, you realize that it's like you didn't think about it till now, but it's definitely still magical. Good, good to know. A another long sip is taken. <laughs> okay, so because I conched up, if I talk, Gij cannot hear me. But every no. everyone else can. Yep. How does conch deactivate, James? You put it to your head again. Or you move far enough away from the effect. Uh, so I'll say Gigi's outside reading the notes that Sariel's written down. Sariel will kind of mull over how to explain this. Um, and she'll just basically describe. Wait, before she says anything as she emerges from the room. No, I'm not. I'm not leaving the room yet. I'm staying in there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Telling, oh, okay. E telling everyone else first. Okay. She'll kind of describe, as James did, how she kind of realized it. Like, this is this is what's going on with this. There is a figure chained into the lantern. Pretty sure the figure is Sten. I'm pretty sure Sten is in the lantern. What? You're not deaf. <laughs> I know. What? what? Sten? She picks up the lantern and shakes it. As you are shaking the lantern, you pick it up. The fire in the lantern is pretty big for a lantern. Like... And there's no wick, there's no fuel source, it's just floating in the center. And as you shake it and yell Sten, the flame sort of leaks out of one side and sets fire to the table. Whoa. She puts, uh, Glenna shoots water to try to put it out. Oh, it goes out. Cool. She's also going to pick up a mushroom and snort some of the mushroom spores. Ah! Hi. Is Sten okay? What did, what did you see? We didn't see anything. Did you hear anything? 
he was he was talking to a scary lady, and and then she said she was gonna do what was done to her, but to him, and, and then he was gone. Is he dead? We don't think he's dead. We think he's just not the same right now. Uh, have you taken the mushrooms out, or are you, you just take some spores? I'm probably. Wait, is is it? Is there any sunlight in the room? No, it's the middle of the night, and the only light source is coming from this lantern. Okay, she has someone in her hand. It's looking distressed. Are you okay? Mm, I don't know. It sounds gone. Um, yeah. Well, he better be okay. You said he's not the same? Uh, you see the, the lantern right there? Mm, let me go talk to him. They like Okay, points. but don't get too close. You set it down next to the lantern, and it inches over to the lantern and shakes its cap. And some spores fall down into its little uh, fungusy tendril arm, and it throws them into the fire and screams, Stan! Listen to me! We know you're in there! Stan! And it just continues to scream at the fire as it throws more spores into it. Oh, how very sad. Is Stan not responding? Uh, it does this one more time and then hangs its little fungusy cap head. It says, We think so. Um, Sario, do you want to maybe talk to our mushroom friends? Uh, you have a better understanding of this. Sario will take some spores and explain again as best she can that she's she's pretty sure that Sten trapped in the lantern. Maybe maybe his essence, the, the fire that burned in him, something. The uh, little mushroom listens to this explanation and then picks up its uh, combat stick. Uh, which one did you set down to this? Please, no wobbles. Wobbles my favorite. Is it wobbles or chub? Um, I would think chub. Are they okay? Chub, this floor is not like super clean. Picks up a little twig on the floor and starts just like hammering on the, the lantern. Because Sariel saw the flame spill out, she would kind of take her hand and gently move him away. Ha! You just need to bring it! Get him out! We'll definitely find a way to get him out, but I don't think that will work. There seems to be a whole bunch of magical shenanigans going on. I should probably tell Gige what's going on in here. <laughs> the rest of you, Dupe and Eden, can hear this as well. At least the... Actually, no. None of you can hear that because it's all mushrooms, JK. The only thing you hear is... Actually, never mind. Can't hear Jack squat over what? the sounds Wait. of the ocean. Gige Wait, can... not, not even me? Nope. If you are using the conch, you can hear gentle waves... And everyone else's voice who has taken the conch. He says from in the hall, what? The title of this episode just needs to be what? Just in like <laughs> alternating capped and lowercase with like five exclamation marks and question marks. What underscore Spongebob dot JPEG. Anyway, is Sarah coming out to tell me? Magic conch. That was Spongebob, wasn't it? Magic conch. Anyway, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. Gij will lift up the notebook and say... So the demon from his store is the bloody maiden, isn't it? Sorry, I'll hold up a finger, and then lower her finger, and then look thoughtful, and then shrug. Wait, is that not what you were going to tell me? No. Oh. What were you going to tell me? Uh, sorry, I'll take his notebook and write, uh, Sten is in the lantern. Wait, why are you writing it? Can't you just say it to me? No, because I'm still under conch effects. Oh, I thought you decon- Well, then how are you able to hear me? Oh, you read my lips, that's right. Okay. Gijal will look wide-eyed at the notebook, which you can't tell because he wears a blindfold. I'm sure I can see like subtle eye, like eyebrow yeah. movements. He will seem very saddened and look into the room. He gives a nod to Odette before he goes in 
And he's going to move over to the mushrooms because he wants to go pick up Wobbles. Because Wobbles needs a new mushroom parent. Oh, uh, no. Jeez. Oh, no. Wobbles is still in the box and you pick it up and Wobbles' little cap, you know, wiggles out and angles up at you. Your, your dad's not coming home. He was turned into a magical item. It happens. I don't actually say any of that. I'm going to mute myself now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get uh, the last thing from each person that you do before we wrap for the evening. Uh, Galena will go through Sten's stuff and um, avoid the hilt of the sword. As you are looking through his stuff and just sort of looking over at the sword occasionally, you get the feeling that like the sheets were almost deliberately placed as if friskiness went on there. She gets all flushed and huffed about it. All right, Eden, what are you doing? I will take a big bite out of one of the mushroom's heads. Oh, God. Get out. <laughs> You've no! gone too far. I'm calling the police. <laughs> no. Your, your, your sarcasm has gone too far. Get out. Get in the lantern, Eden. Oh, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I want to take a closer look at the lantern. How so? Just to see if I can see anything if it if anything looks out of the ordinary so straight up winter rolled a 22 in arcana i don't know if you're gonna say anything else no roll a perception okay as you stare into this lantern trying to see if there's any evidence of what sariel said eden rolled a non-critical success but not a critical <laughs> failure she rolled a 16 in perception <laughs> anything that's a two or above is a non-critical success yeah as you're looking at this fire this is gonna sound dumb but it looks warm. As you're staring into it in the middle of this horrifying murder room, you get the feeling that you're like at camp. Because you guys have, over the last couple months, you've experienced camping with this party for quite a while. And you feel as if you're around it. And you swear you get that feeling that like, ah, Sten's doing something dumb again. <laughs> but like oh, a well, smile that, I mean, comes to your mouth. That's better than... That's better than, oh no, Sten is dead or gravely injured or in some sort of horrible trouble. So I guess this could be a lot worse. Yeah. As you squat there, you a almost wry smile sort of sneaks its way onto your mouth before you Fun. come back to reality. I see. Okay. Sariel, do you want to do a last thing? Uh... Yeah, I kind of want, I kind of want to mess around with that pommel, but I feel like that's a really bad idea to do it right at the end of the episode. Uh, Sariel's standing off to the corner, just kind of sipping her alcohol, taking everything in, reflecting on how quickly things have gone to shit, like they do. And I guess just trying to figure out where to go from here and kind of coming up at a loss. Sariel was just thinking that, you know, Usten's probably going to, to die before most of the party for one reason or another. And now in, in this form, as a haunted lantern, he might, he might just live forever. Yeesh. Okay, uh, Boost takes a look in the room after this is said, looks at the lantern, mutters something under her breath, and walks out of the hallway and out of the inn. Lori looks in, sees the scene, reads the scene, clearly thinks about going over and like attempting to console Sariel, but decides against it, and says, I'll make sure no one comes this way and walks out and odette looks in frowns and leaves without a word and dupe what do you do um 
Dupe will pop in and be like, what is going on? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it right. made me deaf. <laughs> yep, that was my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, with that, we will wrap for the evening. Our somber heroes find Sten in the guise of a leaky lantern, and have uncovered the secret under Black Hill. But will they be able to let sleeping dragons lie? Find out next time on Sometimes Heroes. So, listeners, we have a somewhat melancholy update about what's going on behind the mic curtain, so to speak. You may have noticed a lack of Sten in the last few episodes. I think it's apparent that Eric is no longer with us. He's not dead so far as we know, but he did disappear on the internet. It's been more than a month now since we've gotten any contact from him, and we're hoping that he's okay. People don't normally cut ties with people without um, telling them what's up when things are okay. So that's all I can think of at the moment, and uh, this is our way of hopefully holding on to him if he ever wants to come back and play. He is, of course, welcome, and that can be a fun adventure of getting Sten out of the lantern, but until now, the, car- the party can uh, carry him with them. thought we were going to be with Quinn. <laughs> you could do that, too. All I'm saying is this lantern seems to spill oil, and while it's a very nice symbolic idea, it's going to be difficult for turning one adventure, and it's spilling oil everywhere. Uh, do you mean hilarious? <laughs> N- no. It's, it's basically exactly like having Sten. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, it's on fire now. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gillen is like, I gotta put it out. Ugh, gotta clean up after Sten's messes constantly. I mean, if we need things to catch on fire, all we need is for Eden to critically fail a roll, and then <laughs> we're golden. And that's not me teasing you, Eden, Molly. I know. Person. Yeah. But if you need me to critically fail a roll, I'm I'm good to do that anytime. Just don't almost without cut your even arm trying. Off. Yeah. I mean, I guess you'll have to explain how this lantern works later, James. But yeah, I, uh, we don't know what happened with Eric. I guess maybe something happened in real life, probably got super busy or something. But if any of you out there know where uh, perhaps an amnesiatic half orc has gone, tell him uh, that his party is looking for him. <laughs> Indeed. We're going to put a, a poster on a milk carton that says, uh, looking for three cats in a trench coat, because that is what we have always considered him to be. <laughs> Eric, why? Need more of Eric reading Snuffles and Chuffles. Oh, man. Yeah, this is going to be rough. It it won't be the same. I guess other people could read it. <laughs> so am I officially Team Dad now? Now that I have to be the mushroom parent? You've always been Team Dad. Te- yeah, yeah, you've always... And Sariel's been Mom. <laughs> Did that make Sten cool, Uncle? Kind of, yeah. He's he's the uncle who uh, encourages the children to do terrible things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. But yeah, I guess, do you want to explain why you want to be very transparent in this, James? Because I know you said in past podcasts they, they, they try to sort of gloss things over. Uh, no, I, I don't think we need to talk about that. Okay. The podcast will continue. We may be on a little bit of a wonky schedule now, but we should steady up in the near future. Part of the reason why we missed some episodes was because we were waiting on Eric, seeing if uh, he would come back out of the woodwork and uh, trying to contact him. 
And we know he's real. Some of us have seen him before, but he is an internet person, mostly. Anyway, anything uh, y'all want to say about that before we stop? Just sad, but I missed you guys. So happy to hear your voices again. Ah, yes. It, it has been over a month since we've played. And to put my voice in the listeners' ears, hello. Stop penetrating the listeners. Hello. We should stop wow. now. Oh, <laughs>